There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. My eye. Oh, my. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. In person and tactile. We need to touch. Let's get tactile. We're going to need each other for this one. You think? Bitch, there's a pink elephant in the room. There's a pink barb elephant in the room. And. In putting together the doc for the the year of our cultural excavation we're about to do, I thought to myself, this was a rough one. Mm-hmm. This was a rough year in many ways, not in the obvious ones, mm-hmm. beyond. And But we'll get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But you know what? I have to really shout out a piece of culture that, is, that does not have anything to do with anything we're going to talk about. Let's start on the positive note. Let's start on the positive note. I'm about to say some lyrics. Spit bars okay. right now. Bring the lights up. Bust the doors down. Here we go. Dust yourself off. Shake it up. Shake it up. Does that mean anything to you, Selena Gomez? It does. And it's literally so funny that you say that. What? Because can I tell you, this is a song of yesteryear, but can I tell you, I'm still listening to one song and one song single only. Soon? It is single soon. I Itch. play it nonstop, Bowen. Yang. What is the connection you feel to that song? The melody, the the themes? When I am, I'm going to break out in tears. <laughs> when I'm listening to Single Soon by Selena Gomez, I feel like I am untouchable. <gasps> I feel like I'm that girl. You can't tell me there's a more empowering series of sounds then the three minutes plus, I don't even know if it's three minutes. That's what I love about it too. It's a little snack of a tune. A little snack of a tune. Should I do it on the phone? Should I leave a little a note, note in the pocket of his coat? Yeah. Single soon. <laughs> it's a contender for me for record of the year. <laughs> Bowen just... Bowen just had to literally collapse. This is the first <laughs> real conversation we're having about the culture. Award. This is a huge contender for record of the year. Single soon. Are we going to get a live performance 
at the ceremony this year. Don't you dare <laughs> dangle that in front of me. And this is the million dollar question. Are you going to let someone else perform that or do you need to sing through? <laughs> do you need to be the vessel Oh my God, is song? this the year where we do individual numbers? <laughs> I don't know if I have it in me. Bowen. No, 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 we're not. No. You have it in you, girl. Girl. I'm not talking about cock. Ah. Oh, God, it's been a while. Girl. It's been a while. <laughs> Not that. Wow, that's a real cultural excavation. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. I we'll bet we will. Sometime. Okay, we said there's a pink elephant in the room. Gag City is in ruins. Gag City never was. Let's get that straight. Why don't you go first? Take the floor. We are living through the life cycle of maybe the most effective diss track ever. Mm. Let's say that one line, no name mention, is sending these girls spinning out. Frenzied. Frenzied. And it takes someone like Megan the Stallion, who is the total package, who has been poked and prodded for years now by these people. And by these people, I just mean the general biomass of characters and entities that have like made such disgusting light of this really terrible thing that happened to her for which she was vindicated in a court of law Mm -hmm. this saga that she has openly said like i wish that bullet had killed me Mm -hmm. like this is a fucking trauma that this woman has to replay in her mind Let's just say daily. Like, I mean, the din, the noise around this incident has been in her head for years at this point. The biggest names in music have, like, mocked her for it. Are we not surprised that she would, like, unleash her fucking fury on these tracks, on Cobra, and now on Hiss, which is, let's just say, an impactful song. I'm saying it's the it's the most effective diss track of all time. Well, she barely had to lift a finger to get, I don't know, I guess you could call it a response from Nikki, but then it, I guess it would have to be of quality to even call it a response, but continue. Let's just start there. I mean, the response, if we're going to talk about it, is, and we are, obviously, the response is literally like, put the phone in the corner under a desk while I fucking... I'm a SpongeBob meme and I'm rocking back and forth saying like, these people are fucking ungrateful. It's basically what we can conclude is that fame at a certain level is a disease and it's brain rot and brain damage on the same level as like fucking CTE. Okay? Mm. Like this has carved out, cratered out a full lobe of this person's brain. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really sad to see. And just for our accountability, because a lot of Reader's Keys publicist finalists have rightfully wondered what our attitude on Nikki is, confused by it, a little surprised, disappointed, totally fair. I think we have been, through the years, very sentimentally attached to Nikki in this way that a lot of people might be, but a lot of people aren't, and that's completely fair as well. I think we have such an emotional connection to Nikki, you and I, that it needed something like this for us to finally, like, come out. I mean, we were, like, over here being like, oh, my God, Pink Friday 2, last time I saw you, let's talk about it. I haven't listened to that song since. Mm-hmm. I really haven't given the album any spins since. I don't even care for the album that much. That's the ironic part of all of this. Yeah. Is that, like, 
her quality has been nothing. It's in a ghost of who she was in her prime. And I don't even like saying that about women, but like it's been years since she actually was worthy of the zeitgeist. And she needs things like this in order to attain visibility because the quality is not there. I understand that there's people that are bopping to some of the songs. I get it. I see some of you gays with your FTCU on your Instagram story. Nope. Couldn't yeah. be me, but like I do understand that some of you are still clinging to that. But can I just say, outside of the baseless, derogatory, offensive, desperate content of what I guess she thinks she's achieved here lyrically in Bigfoot. It is so fucking sad that this is what Nicki Minaj has become. Because I will still hold, and I do think two things can be true, that she, in her biggest, most effective day, was the most consequential, influential, important female MC maybe ever. And I believe that what she represented to so many people and the crossover that she was able to achieve and the level that she was able to get to is really important. Those days are over. There is something wrong with her. And you will not hear me talk about her and any of her new work on this podcast again. It is a full denouncement from me because she is a bad, toxic person. And the negativity that emanates from her day in and day out, minute in and minute out, second in and second out on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, on whatever, on whatever the Queen Radio is. I don't even know if it still exists. I don't pay attention that much. I enjoyed her at a point as an artist, period. And I just want to say, What's really pathetic is a couple things. One, that she's out here on like social media bragging and chuckling it up about how she had this huge debut of the song. I guess it's called Bigfoot. It is called Bigfoot. I know what it's called. I'm not going to pretend I don't know what it's called. But she's out here being like, wow, biggest day ever for a female rapper. Let me tell you something. If I'm responsible for a car wreck on the freeway that kills dozens of people, and it's the worst traffic accident in the world, and I'm responsible for it, I'm not getting on the internet to be like, booyah, I just created the biggest fucking traffic accident of all time. I'm the best person on the road. You didn't do anything here. You didn't create a hit song. You didn't create a quality song. You flopped. You're a clown. You look terrible. And the quality is not there in any regard. And the fact that you are flexing about at the end of the song with this threat about, and there's more where this came from if you don't apologize to me, which Megan has nothing to apologize to you for, because all she did was state a fact, which is that you are married to a sex offender. The fact that you have five more diss tracks, like what, locked and loaded, if it's at this level, you can keep your diss tracks. This was the lead diss track. You can keep it. It can stay in the vault. She has something seriously 
wrong with her. I don't know if it's drugs. I don't know if it's the actual content and quality of her character. But I'm done. You can stop getting in my DMs about it. You now know how I feel. And I also want to apologize to everyone who felt triggered, offended, or truly hurt by the fact that it felt like I was ignoring or Bowen was ignoring the fact that she has been an apologist and defender of people who have been convicted of sex crimes. And I want to make very clear, I did not know about her brother. I did not know that she had written a, a letter of a con- whatever did, it's called. Basically did what Ashton and Mila did with Sure, like with Masterson, like trying to appeal to a judge so that the sentence would be lightened. You know, that is her family. I didn't know this. I did not know the ins and outs of what her husband had done. You can believe that or not. I don't really care. What I'm telling you is I apologize for my role in propping up someone harmful because I think what you said is true. I allowed the fact that we have a connection to her. She is a central tenet of how we became friends, whether that is positive or negative. Mm -hmm. And I deeply, truly enjoy her her music from back in the day. I think she created some incredible songs. I think she's amazingly talented. It no longer matters to me at all. It is inconsequential to me, just like I feel she is inconsequential in the macro sense at this point. Megan, you have all of our support. Everything I've ever heard about you is that you are a star in front of, behind the camera, in front of, behind the mic, everywhere. I hear you show up on time, work your ass off, no matter where you are. I've heard the opposite about you, Nikki. And you know what? Not that you're even fucking listening to this, but our listeners are. And I want you to know it's really important to me and I know to you that you all know where we stand. And this is, to put it mildly, flop behavior. Mildly. The sort of manipulative irony here is that Nikki has been, throughout her career, starting with the little Kim beef on this thing of like, I support other female rappers. Wrong. And I think she can even, she probably even feels somewhat betrayed by Meg after they collaborated, after Nikki felt like she really elevated her in whatever way. But it's like, there is this pattern of antagonism from Nikki towards a large swath of these new girls, like, I feel like Ice Spice is the current sort of, like, seat holder of that protege thing. And, like, it's just, to Nikki, this is a completely disposable position. Mm. And it's really sad. It only feeds into this narrative that Nikki has created since day one, that she has been misunderstood, mistrusted by other women. It's all very, like, she feels like she's an all-about-Eve. I don't know. I'm sure she doesn't think that, but I. <laughs> it's this really weird element to it where I'm like, okay, well, the only girls that are still caping for you are, like, what, Bia? Like, I don't know. Like, and Ice, like, I really, at this point, it's like, I don't know if Doja still really fucks with her. I don't know if, like, it's certainly not Meg. It's certainly not fucking Cardi. Cardi. I mean, I didn't like it with Lil' Kim. I didn't like it with Mariah Carey. I didn't like it with 
Cardi, and I always don't like ugly. it now. It is always ugly, and there's a common denominator. And I'm sorry, but who wants this with Nicki Minaj? Megan Thee Stallion didn't need this with Nicki Minaj. It's not like she's, like, her door is being banged on, like, people asking for feuds with her. Megan Thee Stallion doesn't fucking need this. Her, you know, response to the response is perfect. Keep doing your thing. Yeah. I mean, you said it all. I apologize for my nostalgic goggles as well for the ways that I have also made it seem like we're ignoring all of these really dark contours of Nikki's other pattern of like not even like ignoring the proven out sex crimes by the men that she's associated with we're talking about her brother her husband husband, Takashi 69 it feels like that is a pretty cavalier sort of like fuck you to the way that young women are assailed by by men. And it's really fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking crazy that like there was a literal weapon involved in one of these situations. And she's still out here being like, you guys are insane. You guys are fools. Ha ha ha, I'm right. It's this, like, there's something extremely distorted and disordered about that. That's it. It's just, you know what it is? It's, like, very reminiscent of Kanye, where it just feels, like, completely out of control and baseless. And that makes me feel like there might be something really wrong here. And I'm not here to speculate, but... It's starting to fall into place mm-hmm. where she needs help. She needs help. Yeah. Like, she needs to stop everything she's doing and understand that these streams do not equate to support and success. Like, I can't even tell you how many of those streams were probably people being like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Let me engage in it so that I am aware of what's happening Mark my words, that song will fall off a cliff. Well, it will I, fall off a cliff. I read the lyrics. The only, I didn't really want to contribute streams to it, but I mean, the funniest thing is Baby Love, famed queen in Brooklyn, who uh, is, of course, a Factasia fame. We love, we support. <laughs> Everyone check out Hobbit Fest, <laughs> the next installment of Factasia. <laughs> but <laughs> Baby Love is having fun with this on. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, oh. it's- Barbie and my feet so denty. My toes are white and I have an ankly. I have two. This is this is the one. quality of Nikki's it's Nikki recent. It's embarrassing. Album. Roman's revenge. <laughs> Red foot, little foot, blue foot, two foot. If my name was Megan, I'd probably have one foot. We're going feet for feet. We're going foot for foot. <laughs> yeah, Roman is mad, but we're foot for foot. And let's not forget, it's feet for feet and it's foot for foot. And we're feet for feet and it's foot for foot. You only got shot on your one bad leg and now you only have one foot, but I have two feet. And I, it's like, I want to laugh. But I'm laughing because it is like... Yeah, I mean, it's... it's the distillation of like how Nikki... How Nikki operates in the current landscape of like internet and yeah. music and like this feud... Where, like, it is so fucking vile that she is going after, keeps going after Meg this way. And, like, <laughs> the kicker is that, like, the verses are like that. That's yeah, it. That's yeah. it. I'm really interested to see who turns up at the shows. You know what I mean? Like, I, be honest. Honesty zone. Sure. 
I was never planning on buying no. tickets for that fucking tour. No. First of all, for what? Like, for what songs? Like, for what? Like, five old songs that maybe she would have done, maybe not? Like, I can listen to Anaconda, like, if I want to on Spotify. Like, And also, it's not like she's some incredible live performer. I'm sorry, but... And she's a joke. It's th- done. There is maybe a tone here of us being like, oh, we never liked her anyway. No, that's that, not what that, it that's is. That's not what it is. And I bring up the, the fact that we were never going to buy tickets to the tour anyway, just as a, as a a sort of signal internally between ourselves, between you and I, within ourselves that was just like, I think the enthusiasm has dead. been dead for a long time. I would be so embarrassed to go to that show. Like, I wouldn't post from it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and the reason we bring it up is because it was floated amongst our friend group to go. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, maybe. Yeah. And then, like, there was literally no impetus to move forward and actually go because ultimately, like, we don't like her anymore. <laughs> um, and I get it. Like, I think we were excited about the Pink Friday 2 of it all because it literally called back to Pink Friday. And to be honest with you, I have been rooting for her to turn a page. I have been rooting for her to leave this man. I have been rooting for her to, like, leave her old ways behind, to return to, like, what she was and what she meant. And, you know, the person that I thought was there who maybe wasn't ever. And sometimes people reveal that, and sometimes it takes people a little bit longer to say, you know what, I'm actually out. Take this for what it is. This is what it is for me. I really don't feel the need to talk about it anymore. Like, she's a toxic person, and it's a toxic situation. And what we can say is, Megan Thee Stallion, you're obviously the future. You are the present and the future. Forget about anyone coming up. Like, there's room for everybody, but, like, Megan is Megan the Stallion. She is that girl, and you don't even need to look any further than what she produces and what she creates, which is what matters. And ultimately, one person is flying high and seems unbothered, and one person seems completely bothered, exclusively bothered. Yeah, it is the frequency at which she operates always now. Like, I'm sorry, this might sound a little frivolous. I couldn't make it through her 73 questions. I didn't even because watch it. I, because there's just this vacancy, but also oxymoronically this like, yeah, really strained darkness that you can just see and feel. It she thinks she's better than everything. Fr- it's not even that. It's that she is like, Something broke. Mm. Something broke. And I think I think it happened since she like was prominent. I yeah. think something happened to her. Something changed. Something rearranged. There's something wrong for sure. And yeah, and we're obviously not medical professionals. But I'm watching the 73 questions being like, there is something really weird here. And I'm not gonna finish this. She was horrible on Watch What Happens Live, too. Terrible. Like, literally wouldn't swing the bat at any of the dumb fucking questions that got asked on that show. And also, it's like, the way that she just operates on her own schedule in terms of, like, this is a live television show. I just, I don't know. I'm totally out. I think her last... Totally out. Her last (laughs) moment of, like, oh, Nikki, yay, for me, was her coming into the Potomac reunion. Mm. That was the last time I was like, somewhat excited to see her. But even that, like, when she was on Watch What Happens Live, and again, like, we're almost done, but like, 
when she was being asked questions by him about Potomac, she wasn't even on the right side of that. She like no. made a face and like winced at Candace's name. I'm like, that's not it. That's not <laughs> where. Like, that's not blowing. where. That's not where the good right side of history is. People, it's been long established that it's like, oh, you gotta side with Candace on this one. I mean, I don't think Candace is a hundred percent. No, no, no. But if, but like, I don't think her argument against Robin Dixon and Juan Dixon makes a hundred percent sense. But I think she's also realizing that and calming down. And I think she genuinely is going to come to the reunion with like, because I have kept up with it actually. I think she is going to come to the reunion wanting to make amends. Whether or not other people on that cast want to do that, I think will be their their death certificate mm-hmm. on that show. I think that there needs to be a change, and I think everyone knows there needs to be a change, and I think how people come to the reunion and how people come to play in terms of like the show going forward will dictate a lot about who's there next year. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Gag City in Ruins. Honey. Population one. <laughs> I think it's still unfortunately populated, but it's with people like... Some of the stands on TikTok are so disappointed. The barbs are like... The barbs are dejected. Oh, it's not a good vibe. And, and, I, and I feel for them. I really do. But it's been the surface, not even beneath the surface, yeah. for years. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly... Bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. 
build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's Chime.com forward slash culturistas. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Can I say there has been theme park news today? Please tell us. And if you follow me on social media at Matt Rogers, though, where you listen to the podcast Lost Culturistas, which comes out Wednesdays, and people forget this, but it won the iHeartRadio Podcast of the Year Award. Mm. This is the ninth season of the show. <laughs> but this podcast broke all the news that Epic Universe has all these lands. Come with me here. Come with me. Come with me on a journey, girl, through Epic Universe, which has four lands. Well, five. Celestial Park. Which will include the dueling, racing, launched coaster Starfall Racers. Was that attached to a franchise? No, honey. I this love is original it. Original IP. Yes. And, and let me pitch something right now. Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang in Starfall Racers the movie. Hold my hand right now. You play one Starfall Racer and I play the other. Mind you, I don't know what this is, but I know there's two, <gasps> and I know that I'm pointing to you and I. There's two. We need a theme park IP. We need it. Oh, don't you worry. We will work so hard. I, do you understand? Like, Bowen and I, we just want to be in a pre-show. Oh, and we would be so good. I would work for free. I would work for free, and I would work for infinite hours. And can I say something? We would be amazing. We are so talented. <laughs> we are so talented. Like, we are both so so good. Come on, bitch. We would be so good. We're so gifted. We're gifted. We're so Period. gifted. I'm sorry. I'm not. It's the year of ambition and verve. <laughs> we, this is the year of ambition and verve. That's why you put, what's that song? Single soon. That's why you're spinning single soon is because you feel invincible. I'm single now. Oh. And can I tell you something? It's a rule of culture. Number 49. Single, single soon. soon. I'm, I'm single, single now. now. And I'm acting like it. Out in the streets, I'm at Barry's five times a week. And are you are you picking up trade at Barry's? I'm not picking up trade at Barry's because can I tell you something? I'm very much deeply in the Katie population when I am at Barry's. What does that mean? I feel as though it's eighty percent Katie's, twenty uh-huh. percent gay guys. I'm in a sayer named Kyle. Kyle. And can I say the Kyles? I see you, and I know you're out there, part of the fandom. There are Kyles that listen to this podcast. There are Kyles. I had a Kyle come up to me New Year's Day at Wrecked. Mm-hmm. And this Kyle was the Kyle of all Kyles. And you know who Kyle is. Well, he was like alpha Kyle. He was like the six, Good. The six foot six guy, like whatever, all muscle. I was like, okay, Kyle hi. squared. It was Kyle squared and he was very sweet. And then all he wanted to do was talk to me about anatomy of a fall. I was like, you're a Kyle. Go off, Kyle. He was like, have you seen any like awards movies yet? I was like, yeah, like a few. Like he was very, that is a Kyle. Talking about anatomy of a fall at Wrecked is you coded. 
Well, I'm saying that if you see a tall muscle gay, don't write them off don't immediately them off. as a circuit queen. They might like they might just Justine Trier. They might love the work of Justine Trier and Sandra <laughs> Hewler. They might just be sweet guys who like film. Some of these people are like wearing the sheep's clothing yeah. of for some reason the sheep are muscle circuit guys. Yeah. But they're they're wolves and the wolves are I'm following the filmexperience.net prediction index. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Yes. I found this out. Me and Sandra Hewler have the same agent. Ah! <laughs> what? Shout out Houston Costa. Houston Costa. Of UTA. Who, not for nothing, Kyle. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, Houston. Shout out. Shout out. I mean, Handsome, that- effective agent. Also represents Greta Lee. That is quite the roster. Matt Rogers. Hi, I'm Houston. I represent Matt Rogers. Greta and this, Lee. Is a rem- this is just a shout out to Houston. I'm ready to audition whenever. Girl. <laughs> Houston, get to work. No, he works constantly. I know, I know. I'm kidding. He works constantly. He's one of the hardest workers. Mm. I'm proud of him. Had a good team. We almost have the same team. But we have some... We have some but we slight, have some divergences. We have slight... I would not even say overlap. We have tangential points. Mm-hmm. The, the circles are touching, but not fully occupying the same area. This is a peek behind the curtain. We have the same manager. Mm-hmm. We have several of the same agents. Mm-hmm. And it ends there. That's really it. And not I, Several is even generous. I would say a couple. Yeah. And that's so. sort of our team. That's a peek <laughs> behind the curtain. Uh-huh. Get to know the family. <laughs> Houston... Well, the legend is our manager, Olivia. Olivia Gerke. She's been part of our life for many years. She is an important force. You know what's funny? Yes. The year that we're going to culturally excavate, that was, I think, the year we both started working with Olivia. That's not, that's not my year, but... My, I was 2017. That, that was your year. Were you 2018? I was 2018. Mm. I was the next year. Should we get into the years, or do you have more to, more to talk about? Well, I just wanted to say about Epic Universe. Oh, yes, of course. Okay, so there's four... <laughs> I just wanted to say about Epic Universe. The lands. The story of my life. There's never been a sense. Celestial so, Park. Celestial Park is basically... So you got to go online and really check out what this is going to look like because it's going to be stunning. So Celestial Park... Can we Park, pause and talk about the word celestial? One of the most... Go on. I'm just going to say, when I, I don't mean to interrupt your... your, your no, your this is important that you do this. Celestial is one of the most beautiful, evocative words mm-hmm. in the English language. I think they knew that when they picked it for the gardens. Celestial. You know, the first time I heard Celestial was in Digimon. Wow. Andre Woman has an attack called, I think, Celestial Arrows or something. And I thought, and something, I felt the frisson, even as a young child. The frisson. I I said, what is that? Oh, my God. What was that? Okay, James, I said, Celestial. (laughs) The name Celeste is very important in my life. Oh, the legend Celestium of time of time. Oh, the, the title of Ep Celestial Celestial colon the legend of time. <laughs> That's the title of Ep. Talk about Celestial Park and the other parks. There is a carousel called Constellation Carousel, which is themed to the constellations. Yeah. It will not move in a circle. It will move in a figure eight. And what do you ride? You ride constellations, darling. I don't know what that even looks like, but stay go tuned. Off. And it will be many restaurants and themed attractions within Celestial Gardens because Epic Universe is supposed to conjure up the universe. And okay? what more evocative thing 
than the stars. Than space. Can I say it all goes back to space? It truly does. And you know that we also often set things that we do in space. You'll remember the third act of Night Soap. Oh my God. I have an idea this week for something. You have to go to space. You have to bring Io to space. I want to bring Io to space. Oh, she belongs there. Can we say Io is hosting Saturday Night Live? That is the first, like, friend of ours that is going to go host Saturday Night Live. I'm going to go. And when I heard the musical guest was J-Lo, I said, Io and J-Lo, that's very powerful. I said, Io and J-Lo, yes-so. So the Celestial Gardens will be the center of it will be the Grand Helios Hotel. <gasps> the which sun. Is, which, correct. You know exactly where this is going. So it's the elements. It is water. It is wind. It is the sun. And don't forget Earth, Mama. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. It seems like you did. You have to walk on the Earth to get through the park. Well, you said three things. And well, I just... <laughs> Don't. I, I feel like we've been on the same page, girl. Girl. Don't let me lose you, I'm Violent. Getting you ba- I'm getting you back in the book. Violent girl. Violent girl. This morning I said to Violent, hey, Violent. <laughs> Violent. Violent. <laughs> you have to see pictures of this hotel. It's going to line the back of the park. It's like the monument. Yeah. The four lands. For the children. We have How to Train Your Dragon, the Isle of Burke. They're shooting a live action How to Train Your Dragon. You're kidding me. Well, it can't come at a better time. My... Good sister Bronwyn James in Wicked is now currently in Scotland shooting the How to Train Your You're Dragon. You're fucking kidding me. She's having a blast. She's learning archery. She's going to be in Wicked and How to Train Your Dragon? She is the universal IP. The girl. universal IP she's empress. From, she's, she's, a, she's, she's a northerner. She's Leeds legend. Look out for Bronwyn James, y'all. Is I, that announced that she's going to be in live action How to Train? It. Yes, it, yes, it has been Okay, good, good, yes, good. Yes, yes, So that's one land, and it will have several attractions. One, including a roller coaster. That'll be okay for kids. Yes. There'll be a live show called Untrainable, which is from another uh, overseas Universal Park. It's escaping me right now, but it will be stunning. I love it. There'll be a great hall restaurant if you've seen the How to Train Your Dragon films, among other things. A bunch of flat rides. Let's move over. And listen, talk about problematic, but this is just is what it is. Gag City. There will be a there will be Gag City. Get what it is. Can you fucking imagine? Can you imagine going like they spend millions and millions billions of dollars on Gag, Gag City Universal, and, and then this happens? <laughs> no, there's a Harry Potter section. It will the Ministry of Magic. Ministry of Magic. So this, what I'm hearing is it's called Harry Potter and the the Battle of the Ministry of Magic, and the main villain is Dolores Umbridge, which is. Kind of cunt. If Imelda... She is, booked. But Imelda getting a... Imelda doesn't give a shit about pre-ride experiences. Like, we it, don't it, know it, that it, yet. I think she does. I think Imelda... We, I'm, I'm whatever about Imelda. Can I tell you something? <laughs> you never forget Glenn Close in the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind pre-show. Amaz- I think Glenn Close understands the cultural value and importance of a pre-show. She plays Imani Real. Imani. <laughs> what was better than that? You know that when she... Put the wig on, she said. <laughs> she said, I'm, I'm Imani. I'm, 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 I'm dialed. She's been doing work to make sure she's serving Imani. And we love Glenn. The eyeline was fucked. She, <laughs> she was, was reading the prompter. She was reading the prompter left to right and to and fro. But that's okay. She's one of our great actors. She's one of our greats. She couldn't be off book because none of the words make any sense <laughs> in the pre-show. So it would be hard for Glenn to be off book. This is the thing. Matt and I will be off book. Don't even question whether or not we get... Okay, am I about to drag someone? There's a certain pre-show 
I know who you're in not going to drag. Oh, no, okay. no. There's a certain pre-show in Disney where every single time I'm there, I say this should be Bowen. You know what I'm talking about. Are you talking about the guy in Avatar? Yes. Light of Passage? That's very nice of you. I think that should be you. That's so nice. That's the kindest thing. I, like, I, I'm sorry, but why isn't that Bowen Yang? You can find it online, I'm sure. Like, every second of it should be Bowen Yang, and it's not. Every second of it is someone else. But, okay. Okay, so there is... I'm getting to the most exciting one last for me, which will surprise some. Then there's Super Nintendo World. Which, if you've been to Universal Studios Hollywood, you know the Mario Kart ride, eh, for me, eh. Mm. But it's also going to have a Yoshi Omnimover and a Donkey Kong Country with a Donkey Kong coaster called Minecart Madness where the car will jump the tracks. I think this is the fourth time you've mentioned it on this podcast. Great. <laughs> Moving on. Then there's the Dark Universe. Yes. Which, which is the Universal Monsters. And the main ride takes place in... Frankenstein's Castle, and stars Victoria Frankenstein. But is this of the Diablo Cody movie? No, that's Lisa Frankenstein. That's Lisa Frankenstein. Starring I can't Newton. keep up with this damn family. I said, who's going to play Victoria? Naomi Watts? <gasps> no. I it, hope not. I think... <laughs> <laughs> not because... No, not because I don't love Nay. Because I want, I want better things for Nay. I'm excited for Feud, Capote, and the you, Swans. You need to make up your mind. Better things for Nay. We're saying this is the pinnacle of showbiz. You know what? You're right. Naomi, I hope that you booked. <laughs> I hope that you booked. Just like I'm excited that you booked Coyote. Vo- Coyote. Coyote. Capote versus Capote the Swans. Versus Swans. Can I tell you? I love Truman Capote. Uh, Truman oh, Capote, In Cold Blood, Truman. one of my favorite books. I Breakfast think at Tiffany. He was the original mess. He was the original mess. It's actually Rural Culture number 100. Truman Truman Capote Capote was was the the original original mess. mess. And these swans, Diane Lane, Demi. Molly. Molly Ronald. Callista. Callista. Callista playing Lee Radzeville. Carol found born. (laughs) That's my mother-in-law, she said. That's my mother-in-law. Carol. Another woman whose brain has been rotted by fame. Anyway. Do we think that? Sure. Yeah, all, probably. I mean, probably. All the housewives. Yeah. On some sure. level. There's at least a dime-sized, marble-sized hole in every housewife's brain. Can I say? There's I certainly some in mine. Not I, I wouldn't myself. change a thing about any of them. Speaking of housewives, you're not going to believe this. I was personally invited, as were you. You can't make it. But I will be going so to the Legends show on Friday, Countess Luann. I will be there at 54 Below. I am so excited. I'm going to have my... Party cabaret shoes on. I am so excited for Lou. I'll be single soon. Uh, <laughs> I hope she does a cover. Can oh you my imagine, God. like Countess Lou doing single soon? It would be so jazzy. I can't, I can't even. I can't even. I'm so excited. You will get a full, not a full review. You'll get a short review on short. the podcast next week because we actually have a guest. We will not reveal who the guest is. You're gonna love it. I can't wait for you to go to. What is this Friday? This is Friday. So excited. And tonight, if you're listening to this album on Wednesday, I'm hosting Ariana Maddox's Book, yes! Book It Show event at Town Hall tonight, Wednesday. Are you seeing her in Chicago while you're here? I would love to. I'm like jam-packed. I'm going to see if I can potentially get something for Saturday day. Yeah. But but I really want to because if I don't go this week, then I'm not going to be able to go 
at all, I think, because I have to I have to be in L.A. You're, for you're good working. reasons. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to see. I'm going to try. I'm seeing Sarah Paulson in Appropriate mm. with Ms. L. Love that. And um, I'm also seeing Cola Cola Show. Oh. Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary. I'm, I'm actually have a fun night on Saturday. a great night. So I'm going to go see Cola Show, and then I'm going to go to your I show. love <laughs> that. And I really want to see... Um, Oh, hold on. Let's pause. Let's let's pause. While we pause, I'm just going to sing. I'll be single soon. I'll be single soon. I know he'll be a mess. Um, Wait up. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep, keep, keep singing. I'll be single soon. I'll be single soon. Okay. I added that. I. Oh, my favorite part was coming up. I'm going to date who I want to Stay out late if, if I want to I'm going to do what I want to do I'm picking out this dress Tying on these shoes Because I'll be single soon It's such a bob girl You ate that! Yeah. Selena, come on the pod Selena, we would love to we have would, you We would tickle you with compliments Now Not our fingers I understand that that's controversial That's controversial Not everyone likes that Some great shows that I want to see as well Seven Year Disappear Starting Taylor Trench Former guest Cynthia love, Nixon Oh And uh, written by Jordan Seavey And also Legend. I need to go and see The Connector Scott Bakula And Ben, ben Levi Roth Oh my gosh Wow, that's exciting Very exciting Scott Bakula What a little hunk Oh, totally. Remember looking? Remember looking? It was just, I guess, the 10th anniversary of looking. Yes. And I'm actually, I never watched past the third episode of the first season, and I'm giving it a full rewatch now. Oh, it's really good. It it got really good. It got really good. I just like, I'm like, this is, at the time, and it still kind of is, like, revolutionary. Yeah, I think that people were very hard on that show because, (laughs) breaking news, like, the gays all hate each other. But, not you, Kyle. Um, Kyle, we love you. Kyle, you did great. You were really good with looking. You're talking about Kyle in general. I'm talking about... The Kyle. It's not surprising that looking didn't have, like, a groundswell of support because... I'm not going to get into it. But just, like, it didn't get the appreciation it deserved. It was actually great. And that end of the first season was really good. And then, I, friend, my dearest, Michael Sue Rosen, is in the movie. Mm-hmm. He gets fucked by Jonathan Groff. <laughs> and then they have a sweet scene. <laughs> Anyway, happy birthday, Michael. Oh, I love him. He's a sweetheart. I love him so we much. We love you, Michael Sue Rosen. Michael Sue. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get... Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. 
Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Do you need to be part of the next pop culture moment? Are you scared of missing out on once-in-a-lifetime experiences? From can't-miss music festivals to international fashion shows to your favorite celeb's favorite restaurant, staying in the know can be so expensive. Don't let your finances hold you back from living your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living yours. It's I-N-T-U-I-T.com. Let's get into it. Should we do the cultural excavation? Let's do the cultural excavation and let's just put out there, you all were assuming experience 2017 Mm -hmm. with the rest of us. Yeah. This is my thesis going in, not to sour the whole thing, not to cast a pall from the start. I'm looking at like best picture, highest grossing film, like Mm. the albums of the year, like with the exception of one really, I think seminal album, like most of the culture of this year, even I'm going to (laughs) say the celebrity deaths. There were a lot this year. Remember that? Was I like, was going to say there weren't that many. Oh, there weren't? Why do I f- seem to remember 27? 27- oh, yeah. So who died? Oh, Hugh Hefner. Mary Tyler Moore. That was a big loss. Heartbreaking. Bill Paxton. I mean, Bill Paxton was an icon to me for his performance in of Twister. Course. In Twister. And, and talk about great pre-show acting. Amazing pre-show acting in the Twister pre-show. Oh, Helen and Hunt let- and Bill Paxton in that Twister pre-show ate that up. And they could not film it together because they what? Didn't Hated get along. Each other. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but let's just go through. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, and maybe you you can be the person who decides. I just think as we go down this list, after that fucking banger of a year, 2009, yeah. that we just went through, this is... It's it's definitely... We're, we're seesawing here. We're seesawing. So 2009 was a year of so much promise and potential, and 2009 was the year so many things broke open, and it felt like it was a lift. 2017, that was a downer. You know what I mean? Like, this was obviously, let's just get it out. Trump inaugurated, starting things off with dreadful vibes. Trump inaugurated, Muslim travel ban, Women's March, which is its own little bummer and its own little meta Well, it was an amazing moment, but the fact that it had to happen. The fact that it had to happen and then the fact that it sort of was deflated with all this internal drama mm. in the years since. But, you know, what a moment. And then... Also, we'll get into this later, but like 
the year that Me Too sort of broke open. Yeah, let's get into okay, that. Okay, but bit. let's start with film. <laughs> so let's this, start with film. This is just the tone that we're setting because this was the year. Well, I'm literally looking at like the top grossing film. People and the top grossing film was Star Wars Episode Seven: The Last Jedi. Eight. Eight. Oh shit! Really? Uh huh. Oh, I didn't see that third one. Yes, episode eight. I'm sorry. I literally identify as a Star Wars fan, and I I knew that. I did know that, you guys. Star Wars episode eight, the last Jedi. This is. A, remember how negative people were about this? Such a controversial, and I'm, I'm I think it still holds a lot of mixed feeling within the Star Wars I fandom. Lo- I like this movie a lot. It's like Ryan Johnson knows what he's doing. I just feel like the disrespect and the. It was weird because it was like. With the Star Wars reboot, right? It's like, first of all, it exists to service the fans, yes. But also, within that, you do want it to be like its own engaging, bold, risky movie, right? And they did so much in that movie that was bold and risky and fun and entertaining. And like, you know, the reveal, spoiler alert, that Rey was no one. She didn't have like lineage that like tied her to anything. I thought it was kind of a chic I choice. I love that choice. And then, like, when episode nine comes out a few years later, like, they reveal actually she was Palpatine's granddaughter or whatever the fuck, which I also appreciated for its own drag. Like, I remember Rise of Skywalker is essentially a drag film. It, well, they're all drag films. It's a space right. opera. A space the whole opera. thing is a space opera. For kids. For children. And, and, so, and so people seem to forget that, <laughs> and they act like they've been, like, gunned Betrayed. down by like these movies when they're not exactly what they want them to be or they don't it's weird like did you want a retreat of Empire Strikes Back or did you want something that tried to have the impact and influence of Empire Strikes Back for me one of the greatest movies of all time in its own right and I feel like that's what Ryan Johnson went for and people were not responding well uh-huh. because I think that they if they were to be truly honest wanted something that was more of more repetition than they're actually comfortable admitting. With a franchise like Star Wars, I think you can never win because Force Awakens was too was too like paint by numbers a new, new hope. hope. Nine, Rise of Skywalker, which I don't mm, hate by the way. No, I think it's really fun. It's so fun like fucking Rey and Kylo Ren's moment. <laughs> In nine is actually I love it when a, they kissed. It's so I fun. Screamed out loud. It's amazing. Uh, I, I was so happy. By the way, <laughs> this is this didn't come out this year, but Rise of Skywalker, Matt Whitaker, and I saw it in 4DX. Love the same day the, the, we saw Cats, the, and the seats moved and shit. The and seats shat. were <laughs> flying and around, and Matt, we God love him, doesn't do well with that. And when I tell you. 40x something that gets lost is that they spray you with water <laughs> so aggressively by the way this came out like weeks before the pandemic so we're in chairs that are like flying around getting sprayed with water and rise of skywalker came out and the pandemic like was being born <laughs> like somewhere else in the world and it, it made me laugh i, I just said this was so funny because to think that we were just in an atmosphere where, forget about being careful. Where the droplets were out. Like, we were being sprayed by moldy water, like... Oh, <laughs> God. So, funny. But anyway, that's enough for another day. Very, very Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Very that. Yeah. Very that, Bowen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well done. Thank you. Incredible... Theme uh, park history. Theme park performances by... Rick Moranis? His? Yeah, Rick Moranis. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. That was my favorite ride for a second. 
I was like, we have to go to Epcot so I can, we can do Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. I remember being too scared to go on it because I was what? so... What? Okay, You're sitting so, down the whole time. I know, honey, but this is what happened. Listen, Violent. What happened was I chose violence on myself by being that little kid that was so excited and obsessed with theme parks that I would research them to the point where I knew everything about them going in. Oh. And there was a snake. The snake is a gag. Up. You would have it's so reputation. I know. It's so I, reputation. I wish coded. I had I wish I had been <laughs> who I was today then because I would have been so excited for the snake, but I was so scared about the snake jumping out that I didn't want to go. And my dad got so pissed off. I remember. And that and my grandmother was like, stop, like go on the ride. I'll stay with him. And I remember we watched the jumping fountains. It was you and your grandma. Me and my grandmother, God rest. And we sat and watched the jumping fountains, and that's one of my greatest memories of her, is that she sat with me when I was too scared to go on the Honey or the Shrunk the Kids, and we watched the jumping fountains, and I love my grandmother. And the figment statue was not far away. Not far. Well, if Taylor Swift knows what's good for her, when Reputation TV comes out, she should release it along with Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. By the way, so that we can all experience first of all, I have never agreed with anything you said ever more than this. We can, and we'll get back to reputation in a bit. Oh, but because guess don't what? forget, don't the forget the synergy. year. The synergy. Okay, so Star Wars episode eight. Anything that else was, to say? I mean, no. Laura, Laura Dern in a purple wig. Oh, pew 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 pew. Of course, she did pew pew when Kam- she shot the gun. Kamikazeing into a star destroyer. I mean, that's iconic. I mean, I, oh, it wasn't a star destroyer. No, she she was in the star destroyer. Yeah, and then she kamikaze threw it like the fucking. Yeah, I mean, the evil. W- she she saved the day. Let's just be that. Real. I <laughs> I thought that was so well done. Like she just, was great in that. She was, like, I think she was better in that than she was in Marriage Story. Whoop! <laughs> I, I think I'm like, kidding. This just the sound dropping out when that happened. Mm-hmm. Like fucking Leia, fucking floating through space. Oh like, yeah, that, that like, was cunty. Eight is I. I don't know where like the fandom is that I don't really engage too much in it. But I hope we've all like caught up to the risks and the boldness that that movie was pulling off mm-hmm. as a Disney franchise, as a Star Wars franchise, that take that takes a vision in a direction from I I just love Ryan Johnson. Me too. So much. Yeah. And huge fan. Huge fan. I just think eight, I hope we how, how do we all feel? Let us know. But. I think you can't trust I don't know. The the fandom, like it's almost hard to be like an intense fan of something and react in an honest way right away. Right. Because you're either gonna be Overly enthusiastic or overly defensive, uh-huh, uh-huh. or like overly dismissive. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where it's just like it's ruined, or it's incredible, or right. ah. like it's just like it's gonna be something at a ten. Right. Whereas like it's art. It's like it sometimes it takes a second. Like yes. you might not have the right take right away. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and I think actually as we move into the Oscar section of this, it's interesting because I think two of the movies that came out this year are going to stand the test of time. Yes, yes. Maybe even several of these. And neither of them are the movie that won Best Picture. Right. I just also want to say, also gag, like when Luke goes out into the field at the end and like they all like fucking shoot at him. Mm-hmm. That's, I just really love this movie. It was a good movie. I mean, like it's really fun and it gives you, it gives you the grandeur and the space opera-ness and it also gives you tension and it also gives you something different, which I think is important and and a good thing. I think it's a good thing too, especially coming out of like the campiness of like the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. this is a different kind of camp that is also very 
well paired with like the gravitas and the tragedy and on the violence and all this stuff. Like, right. I think it's, I don't know. I really, I really loved Last Jedi. See I me. see too. This is also the ninth highest grossing film of all time. Okay, let's get into the Oscar winners. <laughs> so this was the year of The Shape of Water. 13 nominations. Is she going to fuck that fish? Is she going to fuck that fish? Oh, Answer, this, yes. George Severus joke. Yeah. Is she going to fuck that fish? She's going to fuck that fish. Gonna you fuck that fish. fish, didn't you? You fucked that fish. <laughs> and Olivia, uh, Olivia. Octavia. Octavia Spencer, Spencer played that arc of, are you going to fuck that fish? <laughs> She's going to fuck that fish. You fucked that fish. So well, she received her An second Oscar. Oscar nomination or her third. Second, second. The She's help. got three. I, the help. Then there was, Jesus Christ. We're flopping. Oh, Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. I forget which came first, but that's not our job yet. I think it was The Help, Shape of Water, and then Hidden Figures. That, sure. I think that's that's the order. Let's say we think that. Okay. We can't verify. We can't but know. But I have to say, what's important to say is that I don't care about this movie, Shape of Water. <laughs> I am, yeah. And I don't think it's one that's going to be like looked back on as like an important film. However, I do understand it winning the Best Picture Oscar because of the way that kind of goes sometimes, where it feels like, not the safe thing, because there's nothing safe about this movie. Like, it's essentially, like, a creature of the Black Lagoon, like, update that I think is, like, you know, risky and bold. I just, when I look at the other movies that came out this year, like, Dunkirk. there's so much here that, like, I feel is important. Like, for me, Get Out and Lady Bird are, Adam like, Thread. are they're important. Yes. You know what I mean? And even, let's just say Call Me By Your Name. Absolutely let's, Call Me By Your Name. Let's even say... I, Tanya, I fucking love I, Tanya. I mean, don't you don't have to tell me twice, and you I don't have to tell you twice about how much I love I, Tanya. Love. I, I think I, Tanya is an important film in terms of rocketing Margot. Not that she wasn't a star before. like She had star-making performances that like put her in the A-list, but I think this was like... A solidifier. This solidified it for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So I loved her in this. So I loved good. her in this. And I just, I really, I liked the movie a lot. Also, I think it was my first real exposure, real knowledgeable exposure Sebastian. to Sebastian Stan, who's my favorite. Yes. And was so, the way he made Galuli hot, <laughs> I was like, why do, do I want to fuck Galuli right now? You want to fuck Galuli? I think I do. I think I want to fuck <laughs> Galuli. And um, that was something revolutionary. Uh, to want to fuck Jeff. To want to fuck Jeff Galuli? <laughs> Jeff, was, right? Yeah, Jeff Galuli. Jeff Galuli. The Shape of Water winning, I think, was kind of a given, right? Because the other real competitor was Dunkirk, but that it like has 10 less nominations than Shape of Water. I couldn't give a fuck about Dunkirk. Like, for me, it's like, yeah, Shape of Water is like a Best Picture winner, sure. For me, it's like, I remember there were two films that year. They were Get Out and Lady Bird mm -hmm. that felt to me like... Important. Important, not only because they like introduced like Greta Gerwig and Jordan Peele like in this way as like really important singular filmmakers going forward, but also like I felt Get Out was so inventive. I felt it was so smart and great and I loved like the blend of comedy and horror that he would become synonymous with and as everyone knows I don't do horror well but I can watch this again and again and again it actually is one of my favorite movies did you see Us? I could not handle Us because so Us you, was so you brutal, did not, brutal. So you, you did but not I've seen it. Nope and I've seen Get uh -huh, Out uh -huh. but Us to me like pushed it to the next level but you know what is true about Us? I listened to the soundtrack <laughs> so funny 
The I Got Five on I It. I Got Five on Remix. I listen to it like all the time. It's that and Single Soon. <laughs> I kind of rotate between that, you know, depending <laughs> on the vibe. But Love wow. Get Out. Daniel Kaluuya like exploded into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Allison Williams resurgence. Oh my god! Uh, Bradley Bufford and Catherine Keener. Keener. Why did I say Keener? But um, <laughs> yeah, just like a really, really important, incredible film. And then Lady Bird. You nah. know, it's just first of all, Saoirse and Laurie Metcalf. That dynamic so amazing, and you'll never forget Laurie Metcalf's performance at the end when she drops her off at the airport and like can't be bothered to go in with her, and then she starts sobbing and circles the block and runs in, and it's too late. Just like so great. Also, I love Lucas Hedges in this. Lucas, um, the beanie, all great. I'll never forget the moment when Lucas Come begs Saoirse not oh, yeah. to tell anyone that he's gay. And the way he just broke down, it was one of those moments that I just like literally involuntarily like started to emotionally jumped out of my skin. And I'm like, Greta's just, she's just phenomenal. Yeah. She's just phenomenal. Other important movies I put down, Wonder Woman, Mother, The Post, Coco. (laughs) Coco. Coco. Love Coco. Let's move on to music. I think I'm ready for it. We didn't know what we were being given. Well, actually, you know what? I, should we be honest, honesty zone? Let's be honesty zone. I'm ready to be honesty zone. And also, can I say, like, this relates to my I don't think so, honey, a little bit later, because we, we are going to talk about this little lady. But when Look What You Made Me Do came out, I did not get it at all. I didn't understand. And also, this was a period that was tough for Swifties. And I remember we were not necessarily diehards at no. this point. I think we were a little oversaturated with her post-1989 imperial phase. The choices she were making in public eye were a little questionable, and we were just a little bit like, certainly not better than the big conversation, the macro no. conversation about her, and we fell off a bit. Look What You Made Me Do came out, and I was like, what is going on here? And then the album came out, and I feel like once I heard the album, I was like, oh. Can we be honest, T-Zone? Yeah. Once Gorgeous came out, I was in the closet. I felt like I was in the closet again because I thought... Walk through this. No one can know that I love this song. Really? I loved Gorgeous. I still do. I, I'm Wait, but, a Gorgeous stan. But Gorgeous came out as a promotional single before the album came out. Ah. So it was, so it was uh, Look What You Made Me Do. I think it was Ready, Ready For, for it. it and then Gorgeous. Yeah. And Ready For It, I was kind of like... Mm, it was a banger from the jump. I, well... That's that was a closeted moment for me too because everyone's like this fucking sucks. She's trying to do oh, hip hop, and I and I went, but wait, she pulled off this thing that of course on its face is going to be like laughable because it's like Taylor Swift trying to like wrote a hip hop song, but like I remember at the time being like this is kind of great, and then Gorgeous came so out good. and I was like, okay, she's just having fun being like flirty little girl again, which we haven't seen since, which wasn't even on 1989. As, as like maybe we haven't seen since I'm gonna say speak now or like red where she was just like coquettish and it was like I I like this I like this Taylor and so then when the album came out I remember someone a journalist friend of ours was like oh my god the Taylor album just leaked it's so bad want me to send it to you and I was like I at that point a I already had it mm-hmm. and b was like. It's not bad. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm on record. I think it's her best album. It's my favorite it's album my of favorite. hers. I also think it's her most romantic album because mm-hmm. it's all about 
the beginnings of Joe and the clinging onto a person while the rest of the while world while the rest of the world says they're done with you. Yeah. And the the depression that she was in, we now know was so real and she genuinely thought it was over over and she found someone who made her feel like a version of herself again and I that all went into the music and fight me delicate is the best Taylor Swift song of all time. Wow. Delicate not only is it the best track 5 it's and I'm not even being hyperbolic like delicate in the concert is a moment for oh, everyone yeah. for everyone to enjoy life to enjoy life just enjoy life and the entire reputation segment of the Eras tour you can tell she fucking loves it oh my god when she stomps out there at the top i said let's go back in time to the year 2017 let's go back and let's relive militant but secretly wounded and romantic Taylor. This Taylor on the offense, but also privately like vulnerable. Uh-huh. Come on. I'm gonna say that reputation is the piece of mainstream culture that has maybe aged the best from this year. I would agree with you. We're going to look at TV. We've looked at movies. There are other incredible albums we're going to talk about that were also in 2017. But I think Reputation, thank God for it because otherwise it would have been full rot. Do you know what I just realized? What? Reputation is so Last Jedi coded. (laughs) Oh my God. The impact of that statement. I don't understand. What? Wow. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But for you to connect those dots, my sister. This is a cultural excavation. You are a complete slay. I wish I could go back in time. I wish I had been 17 in 2017 so I could write an AP comp essay on this. I would body it. Mrs. Marr would say, I know that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Let me press play. Let me press play. Let me give this paper a hundred. I will say my weird Swifty wrinkle. Mm-hmm. is that Endgame is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. Uh, Endgame, okay. It's not up there for me, but I respect, love, worship, and enjoy the opinion. And I need to say this. Mm-hmm. Hugely underrated music video. Yeah, really Joseph Kahn, she's in Miami, Tokyo, London. <laughs> she's all international. She, and she is, this is one of the rare Taylor Swift videos where she is what? Having fun having a good time. I think she's having fun a lot. But it's like, this is pure like her being like, okay, look what would you mean to do? Not really necessarily having fun, right? Mm. Delicate, she's kind of like in the range. I think she's having so much fun in Delicate. She's having fun in Delicate, but there's there's a melancholy to it. Endgame is pure like good vibes. I'm on a yacht in Miami. I'm riding on a fucking motorcycle with Future. I am getting drunk, getting fucking, what do drunk people get in the UK? Like knackered. No, that means tired. What? Knackered means tired. Um, I'm, I'm, like smashed. They're getting smashed in the. But like she's like <laughs> having a great house party mute in London. She is eating ramen in a little noodle she's shop in good. Tokyo. She's playing Dance Dance Revolution with these Japanese girls she just met. I said, this is what I want out of a Taylor Swift song. Sometimes I'm so happy. To see you so happy. I love Endgame because it makes me feel like I'm having fun. Yeah. Can I also say, in the re-release of Reputation, 
a lot of people talk about like what song needs to have a moment. Getaway car. Getaway car. Needs getaway to have a, car. King of my heart. Getaway car. Okay. So listen, I'm gonna get personal here. No, no. Are you about to? King of my heart meant something to me at one point. Now I've put it away. Getaway car is the truth. Because listen to me right now. Nothing good starts in a getaway car. Think about the place where you first met me. When they tell you, when the red flags are there from the beginning, you are not better than that. When people show you who Who they are, are, believe believe them them the first time. Right away. Don't allow yourself to get in the getaway car. Is this her most Maya? Nothing good starts in it. Getaway car is Taylor Swift's Swift's most Maya Maya Angelou song. song. And what rule of culture is that? Twelve. It's rule of culture number 12. Getaway car is Taylor Swift's most Maya Angelou song. I lived getaway car. You were Jet Set Bonnie and Clyde. There is no more apt song than Jet Set Bonnie and Clyde. Till you switch to the other side, to the other side. It's no surprise I turned you in. Because us traitors traitors never win. Well, she's clearly never watched traitors because they sometimes win. Can we sidebar for a second? I am almost through Australian Traders. By far the best version. That is a huge claim. It's the claim I'm making. <laughs> you are shooting daggers at me, bitch. Violent. Okay, violent. Wow, the what al- a, her violent album reputation. The album was largely snubbed at the Grammys except for a Best Pop Vocal Album nomination. So we, we saw that moment in Miss Americana. Can you even believe this wasn't an Album of the Year nominee? Same. It's so insane. Retrospective reviews opine that the initial reception was clouded by the negative press and describe the album as a work of experimentation and artistic evolution for Swift. 100%. Some of her best lyrics. The melodies are sick. Yeah. Even in Ready For It, which like, In the middle of the night, in my dreams, you should see the things we do. If you slow it down and play it on a piano, it's like really pretty. Um, I love Ready For It. Okay. Yeah. Record of the year. So now let's get into the Grammys because this is where you start to see the desiccated cultural landscape. Not to, and this is not a drag on the artists that we're about to mention, but so what dominated the Grammys? Bruno Mars was nominated for six Grammys, won all six. Yeah. Record of the year, twenty four Karat Magic. Album of the year, twenty four Karat Magic. Song of the year, that's what I like. Yeah. Which these are not bad works. I actually happen to love that album. I love Bruno Mars. Seen him live. Excellent live performer. Yeah like fantastic live performer. I do think when you start to look at best new artist, a historically flop category that never gets it right or that rarely gets it right. Mm -hmm. We love this person. Yeah. But this was, she was nominated against against SZA. SZA. Alessia Cara won. I mean, I think looking back, that should have been SZA's award. I have a feeling that'll be rectified at this year's Grammys. I actually think she's winning album of the I year. I have a hunch. Yeah. And that would be SOS would be a very good win for that. But can I say about 24 Karat Magic? And that's what I like by Bruno Mars. I feel like, are we going to be thinking about this song in years to come? No, but we're not bot mitzvah party motivators. Right. And, some, and some, so I think if you're a bot mitzvah party motivator, this is a really important song, 24 Karat Magic. But has... has Step, touch, clap, clap. This gets the moms up. It gets the little girls up. But the, do the little girls care for Bruno Mars? I think now? they do. Like the, these Gen Alpha girls that are at that are at the bat mitzvahs. You have to remember the power of a wedding. Can I tell you what's not going anywhere in the monoculture weddings? Wedding. But I'm saying the life cycle for a song that ends up being in the canon of wedding music 
wedding songs on the dance floor, it's a long cycle. Like shout, shout was not that girl until like the nineties. I have a feeling we'll still hear twenty four karat magic. I'm sure we will, but I'm saying it's receding right now in the year 2024. Mm-hmm. It's going to make a roaring comeback at weddings, at funerals. <laughs> if you play 24 Karat Magic at my funeral, which is next week, by the way. No. I will kill you from the grave. <laughs> Girl. If you play 24 Karat Magic at my funeral, which is next week, week I will I'll kill, kill you, you from, from the, the grave. grave. Remember I said that. I remember. It's on record. Now, I think 2028... 29 is when this song is, we kind of crown it. Hundo. Okay, other awards, uh, other top-selling albums. Melodrama by Lord. I think Melodrama, Damn by Kendrick Lamar, Reputation are the three. Oh, I'm sorry, Control. Control. Absolutely. Are the these four albums that are like in the vault of the year, but also the year overall for music was also a little, huh. Mm-hmm. Like in a good year for music, there are we can say like ten albums that are like hugely yeah, impactful. Yeah. But melodrama, what an album! Yeah, the maybe the best sophomore album of a pop girly in the last <sighs> teenage dream is found absolutely teen years drowned I and mean, left in the water. I think Breakaway has is hurting right now. I said fifteen years. You did so that I think teenage dream. Makes the cutoff, but I would say melodrama and teenage dream are on similar echelons. Think about how I have to listen better. <laughs> Think about thinking about how, my, how I have to listen a little better, a little better. Sometime, damn by Kendrick Lamar. This was three albums in a row of like wow, mm-hmm. of like Good Kid, Mad City. To Pimp a Butterfly and dance. Like, this is, like, we need Kendrick back in a big way. Say it, don't spray it. I'm not spraying. Mm-mm. And Control, obviously, I mean, this was the album that I think really broke her through. I think this is the album that made me say, not culturous for me, but I said, she is our generation's Joni Mitchell. This kind of... You've been saying that. This deeply confessional, like, outpouring from the fucking heart in a way that's different from Taylor in a way that's like this is raw yeah and this is like what is on the page why are you why are you I'm laughing? laughing because of when you told her that and she goes to you oh, oh so, so you, you like, like me, me. <laughs> I was like yeah oh so you like oh, so me you like me <laughs> this is, this is the, and then I said that and she was like that's so nice and she was like I really don't know how people feel about my music I was like really she goes I don't leave the house Oh wow! But I think I think that was before the album came out, and now since then, since SOS, I mean, since SOS, I think she's she's out here celebrating. I mean, all she had to do is look out at that crowd we, we were in in Madison Square Garden and feel the love, and then she came back out. Oh, that was so cute. I love her. I love her too. I love her. Okay, and then after laughter, hugely underrated Paramore album, mm. Rainbow by Kesha. Mm-hmm. Praying, praying. I mean, that note. That that note will be remembered. Will be remembered. Maybe not reproduced. I don't think ever reproduced. But we love Kesha. But it was certainly produced. It was certainly <laughs> produced. Lust for Life, Lana Del Rey. Um, oh. This was an interesting There's some album. Okay, so these were number one hits. Despacito. 16 weeks at number one. That's insane. Shape of You. Can I tell you something? I fucks with Shape of You. I'm in it, love with the shape of you. Depends on the mood. I'm always in the mood. Okay. It's not single soon, but, you know. Rockstar by Post Malone. Bodak Yellow by... 
Let's Odette talk about Bodak Cardi B. That was huge. I go to dinner and steak. <laughs> Only the real can relate. Real I'm can sorry, relate. but it, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I go to dinner and steak. Only the real can relate. If you're eating a steak dinner, you're real. You ate. <laughs> you're at, if you go to dinner and steak, you're the real one. Only the real can relate. If you go to dinner and steak, you're eating dinner. Do you know what I mean? This is, oh, I mean, a star making thing in a way that we will look back on Cardi. even more fondness. This is, th- th- well, I do love Be Careful. Careful with me. I, I do love Be Careful, but Bodak Yellow is up there for me. 1,000. I, I mean, this is a legendary. This is like a signature forever track. Yeah. yeah. And she says to this day, she's like, she was asked, what's your favorite song to perform? And she's like, the way people act during Bodak Yellow makes me so happy. The way people act when it's played at a space, mm-hmm. people are at a frenzy. Yeah. I mean, I lose control. <laughs> what else? Look what you made me do. Three weeks. Three weeks to number one. Perfect by Ed Sheeran and Beyonce. Starboy by The Weeknd. Humble by Kendrick Lamar. And that's what I like by Bruno Mars. An interesting year. Moving into television. Emmy for Outstanding Drama, The Handmaid's Tale. First streaming show to win Outstanding Drama. I watched a lot of the first season of Handmaid's Tale. It was one of the most devastating periods of, I think, my life, sitting at, for any minute of that show. Uh-huh. But Elizabeth Moss, talented girl. Talented girl. Talented girl. Emmy for Outstanding Comedy, Veep, third consecutive year. Absolutely. Emmy for Outstanding Limited Series, Big Little Lies. We all remember where we were. That finale of Big Little Lies, you came over to my apartment with Dave. Oh my God. We watched it. We were, to say we were entertained, satiated, moved, floored, renewed. Oh. When those women came together to push Alexander Skarsgård down the steps. When Zoe pushed. Absolutely. Give her the credit. Give her the credit. She really put her foot down and said, I'm putting my weight behind behind me. And my weight is in the (laughs) pussy. Honestly. Nicole, one of her best performances. I Robin Weigert, one of her best performances. Robin Weigert, Laura D. To do Last Jedi and Big Little Lies, she destroyed this year. That was the Durnissance. That was, it was the be- definitely the beginning, the beginning of the Durnissance that culminated in the Oscar. I also think this was huge for Reese. Oh, yeah. Like, this made Reese, like, Reese, Reese, Reese. Uh-huh. Like, she always was, but, like... I love this Reese Witherspoon performance because I think there's something so true about it. Yes. Like, I think there's something so... I love when she plays a little vicious. Yes. It's, like, it's election. It's yeah, like, I love it. I love it. And this is why you need to shut up when you say that she shouldn't have been in Gone Girl. I'm not over you guys doing this to me. Oh, we need to stop talking about Gone Girl. No good... Nothing good starts in a Gone Girl conversation. Period. That's a Taylor lyric. These girls are still mad that I fucking hate Rosamond. Big Little Lies, you know, I... <laughs> do You don't hate Rosamond. I don't hate her. I'm just like, oh, she doesn't... I don't care. And we all have the right to not care about someone, okay? Emmy for Outstanding TV Movie. Interesting that this was... I didn't realize it was positioned this way, but the San Junipero episode of Black Mirror won Best TV Movie. Mm, yeah. They singled out an episode of a season of Black Mirror. Well, yeah, because I think that that's how they categorized that as opposed thing. to limited series yeah because i think that the black mirror things are 
isolated. Oh, I see. I see. I think that's why it has the title San Junipero is because it's an isolated. It's, it's like a Black Mirror Black... production. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm very... Well, I don't know who. Who the fuck knows? This was, I think, also the year that streamers finally took home trophies mm-hmm. at the Emmys. Yeah. Like it started with like House Your House of Cards or Oranges and New Blacks. But this was the first year, 2017, where yeah. now it feels like so normal. But it's like this was the first year where Hollywood was like, oh, okay, I guess the Hulus and the Netflixes and these other things are. And it was back then, it was just maybe, it was mainly those two. But it was yeah. like first year Hollywood was like, I guess we can like pump all this money and resources into the streaming shows if we care about awards, which of course they do. Yeah. These can take home the gold. Yeah. Oh, Girls aired a series finale. I, okay, so I couldn't find too many big premieres. Big Mouth Glow, Feud Betty and Joan. That's, I guess, relevant because there's finally a new season of Feud coming. I'm so excited. And The Good Fight began. began. Girls aired its series finale. What a moment. What a moment. I mean, I think the penultimate episode of Girls is one of my favorite episodes of Girls. And then yes. the series finale of I Girls. Loved the, I love the finale. I didn't like it. I loved the final shot. Sure. Of The Latch. Yeah. That's actually really funny when you think about it as a the, like the, the final shot in the first shot. Yeah, yeah. I'm a where, growing girl. I'm a growing girl. Where she's she's eating. Wow. And the final shot is the baby. I know. I guess like it was. You know what? I appreciate the swing. I was just like, ugh. I never want anyone moving to the suburbs. <laughs> That's there. There is like I know. This, there's something so real there's something about it. Uh, there's something unsettling about seeing Hannah and Marnie together in a house like all the way right outside the city. Like there's something that should be disorienting. The fact that Marnie never changes. I love. I truly. Marnie love. is one of our great TV characters. We've said it a million times. Marnie is such a true character from yes. your twenties. Yes, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> like Marnie is so that girl, and she'll always be. And you all, that and girl. we all know a Marnie. Yeah, and also. The fact that they're, like, not friends at the end of their 20s is sad, but also very true. You know what I mean? And it feels like they're... Only the real can relate. Yeah. Lena, you ate steak. (laughs) You went to dinner and steak. You went to dinner and steak. We talked about the deaths. Okay, politics. Trump is inaugurated. He begins his first term with a travel ban. Horrible. This was the year of, like, of course, like, first term, you know, his staff uh, turnovers really wild. This was the year that like Scaramucci happened, I wrote down. Remember God. that whole thing? Honestly, there's been so much bullshit turnover with the scandals of Trump that I barely even remember right. Scaramucci. Like, this- like, these words are like buzzwords to me. Like, Scaramucci is like a buzzword to me, but I'm like, ooh, it's just so triggering and like... Yeah. Like, I can't believe... Russia investigation, <sighs> North Korea, uh, U.S. pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Define the rest of the year politically. Mm. Me Too happens, enters its full swing by the next year in the awards. Yeah, this was like, when... Well, I remember being on Twitter at this time, and, well, it's interesting because I went through something in 2009 that I didn't realize actually happened to me until 2017. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, I think this was the case with a lot of people, like seeing those stories shared like triggered something in me that like actually like awoke a memory. And so it's interesting again that we picked this year out because it's like 2009 was when it happened and 2017, because I had literally blacked it out and 2017 is when it came back. Mm-hmm. And what triggered the memory was someone was saying an account of being like trapped in a location 
with someone that they trusted. Yeah. And that was like, where have I heard that before? And then I realized that was my experience without getting into it too much. But I do also want to say, because I think, because this is something from this year, I think this is really important to say. Last night I landed back in New York and I was thinking about this episode because I was reading the document that you made and I saw this part of it. And I literally even thought about like, I thought for a second about like expanding on what I talked about for the 2009 year. And I realized how scared I was to even talk about it. At the time? Now. Now. Uh. Because I am so unsure that the person who was responsible for that would not like come after me in some way. Because they have. Mm -hmm. Like... I remember. Yeah. I shared this on another podcast and it got back to the person. And I didn't name the person. I didn't like go on about it. But Right, so why would they ever fucking feel like a victim in this situation? Well, they attacked me repeatedly over the phone, mm-hmm. online. And also I just want to say like if you have respect for me and like you're not going to like try to find it and unearth it like this podcast or whatever like I don't like you know what I'm saying it's like just like let's leave, leave it. it alone. But What I think is really important is the fact that, like, years later, 15 years later, I'm still unsure about and scared to even go there. Because you're thinking about that. Because I'm thinking about retribution from someone who literally doesn't really matter. And so I want people to really think about that in context of how difficult it is for some of these people, for anyone to come forward, to expand on something like this, especially when there are still power dynamics at play. Because I'm talking about something where there is no power dynamic at play. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about something where... I don't even wish this person ill. I don't think they're a bad person. I think we were in a situation where boundaries were violated. And I think you're still protecting them. But anyway, because I'm afraid. Yeah. Because I don't want to deal with it. But what I want to say is that I think it's really important to acknowledge my fear Mm -hmm. in even Mm -hmm. getting into it Mm -hmm. and say that that fear is so real for everyone. And it endures. And And it it doesn't go away. And it takes a really long time to figure out how you feel about it to even really confirm that it even happened. Mm -hmm. Because a big part of that realization and that trigger was me going back and forth with myself. That can't have happened. That can't have happened. I have to be making it up. I have to be exaggerating it. I have to be wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not exaggerating. It did happen. And it affected me for a really long time. And there is a still an element of fear and discomfort and insecurity that comes with getting into it because I still fear like retaliation. And I also fear honestly hurting that person. And I just want to put that out there as a thing that is a byproduct of this whole very important movement is that That insecurity and that, like, hesitancy to put yourself out there and get behind something like this, even if you were really, really, really changed and really hurt, still remains the same. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess, the way I want to... That's my pull when it comes to, like, this topic coming up on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, that was a very 
exposed moment in so many ways, but in, in terms of the nervous system of the collective nervous system was so yeah. raw. And Prince Harry and Meghan Markle <laughs> got engaged that year. So that was amazing. Oh, God. I mean, Charlottesville, um, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, who started kneeling in 2016, but then by 2017, it was more, quote-unquote, widely engaged with by other NFL players. It wasn't that many. Mm. And it was, I mean, remember all that? Like, this was a pretty hopeless year. This is a this is not a... I remember the year ending, and it was one of those years where it was like 2018. It's going to be better. Oh, God. Like, it has to be. Oh, God. This was a dark year. This was not a good year. Um, but, you know, on the positives, this was the year we did our first full year of Lost Coach. Yes. I know 2016 was the first year, but it feels like 2017 was kind of the first year because this is the when the podcast really got in full swing. We did our first I Don't Think So Honey Live, which I think is when we realized we had something going. Uh-huh. March 21st, 2017. Mm-hmm. And that was like about the year anniversary of the podcast itself. So yeah. A yes. Nice, a nice little marker there. We closed out the year with Culture. <laughs> <laughs> Which was an I don't think so honey competition, competition where Bowen and I both had teams. Yes. I was the team of fire. You were the team of ice. ice. Annie Donnelly came in a look. <laughs> I will never. I left my body when Annie Donnelly was walked down the aisle in this like high drag. Look, it was amazing. She and Michelle Collins had tension between the, the culture was won by Pat Regan Pat Regan was this, was this the birth of these young girls or no that was no, on the, the podcast these young girls was <laughs> I don't think so honey live either the first one or the I don't second think so one honey, these young, young girls, girls. <laughs> <laughs> like someone, I was on a date with someone and he like pulled out his and I was like I booked <laughs> oh my god these young girls <laughs> these young I girls I forget what he did to win but Pat Regan was the winner of culture Pat Regan was the winner of culture and he's the winner of our hearts was it Oh no, Rachel Pegram won. Um, oh my, wait, no. Gala, Rachel Pegram won Gala Dugag. Gala Dugag. In, in San Francisco. I believe Pat Regan won, won Cold War. Regan. We're not rewriting history no, here. No, Pat Regan did win Cold War. Yes, he Ra- did. Rachel Pegram, <laughs> fantastic comedian. She won Gauntlet Dugag, Gauntlet Dugag in San Francisco Clusterfest. Exactly. Yes, oh my God. Wow. Remember the era of competitive I live I don't think so, honey. Like, this, this has taught me a valuable lesson that I still haven't forgotten to this day. Like competition frameworks really upset people. Mm-hmm. They're really emotional. People get truly hurt for good reason if they lose something even though you think that the tone of it is frivolous and fun and like it's, it's we're not taking it too seriously. No, if there's any element of competitiveness, it is devastating if you are not. I'll never forget some of the faces of the people that lost. Like, <sighs> yeah. Not, not a great It did not feel good. It did not feel good. I don't want to recreate that. Um, never again. You're never again doing something competitive. <laughs> <laughs> ever ever except for dueling star shower star starfall racer starfall racer but that will be a scripted feature film yes well, i'm gonna pitch it i have a movie idea but not not for starfall racers well don't say it on mic they'll I, steal it i know i know i have a new idea oh, our producer becca just nodded like to <laughs> herself she was like yeah i shouldn't say it okay um okay so that is 2017 so yeah not excavated excavated am i did i you did amazing. No, but I'm saying, did I fuck this from the get-go in terms of, like, the attitude of the year? This was a rancid No, this year. was a rancid year. This was not a good year. But there were cultural high points that we remember fondly. But I think the only high point I remember fondly, besides, like... Even the art was dark. I'm Last saying, Jedi and Reputation. Right. But, I'm like, Lady Bird, love. Phantom Thread, love. 
love, love, love. Reputation was the redeeming. Reputation was the thing that saved us. Me, at least. So, there's that. Don't blame me, your love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Doing it right. It's time. Oh, by the way. Okay. So, I did not travel with the Goblet of Cultural Years because it's too heavy. Right. It's a real goblet. There's a nasty rumor out there that it's an ice bucket. It's actually a centuries-old, thousand-pound goblet that has been in my apartment for centuries. And it had the years written into it. It actually already had them. For centuries. And and so, uh, before I left... I did pick a year out of the bowl, and I haven't told my sister what it is. I am ready to reveal at this time that not next week, but the week after, because we have a guest next week. The year we will culturally excavate is... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 1993! 1993! Jurassic Park? Yes. Ah! Isla Nublar! We're going to Isla Nublar. Wow. That is coming up. That is a good year. It's a really good year. We, and this, and not too much personal experience to draw from because we were but toddlers. Well, I have some things we could expand on. Some of my first memories. To be continued. Absolutely. 1993. 100%. Yeah. I remember where we were, kind of. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly. Bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get... Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Do you need to be part of the next pop culture moment? Are you scared of missing out on once-in-a-lifetime experiences? From can't-miss music festivals to international fashion shows to your favorite celeb's favorite restaurant, staying in the know can be so expensive. Don't let your finances hold you back from living your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage 
manage your money or trying to run a business. Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living yours. It's I-N-T-U-I-T dot com. Let's get into it. Okay, so it's time for I Don't Think So, Honey. This is our segment where we take one minute to rail against something in culture. Do you have something, Matt? Oh, yeah. Okay, this is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. His time starts. I don't think so, honey. People who criticize Taylor Swift for the carbon emissions of her private jet. I want you to really think this through. (laughs) So what? Do you want her to fly commercial? Do you want Taylor Swift to show up at the airport (laughs) on the day where you're traveling? I don't think so, honey, that you do, because that would be a safety issue for her and for all of you. Mm. We have not created a society that is responsible enough or safe enough for her to what? Fly commercial? You think that she can sit in Delta One, have everyone pass her and it be a safe atmosphere? She has to fly private, y'all, so that she can help the economy in such a way. 15 seconds. And before you get into it about, ah, they're a sycophant, she never does anything wrong, shut the fuck up. Think about, think one step ahead of your argument. Yes, it's funny to point to the sky and see a plane and say, ooh, Taylor Swift. Make your jokes, but don't actually drag her for flying private because you don't want her flying commercial. I don't think so, honey. That's one minute. The thing about carbon emissions from private planes is that overall the footprint, while not negligible, is also like not big enough for people to get too riled up about. Well, that's not what happens. What do you mean? Because they do get riled no, up I'm, about no, it. No, but, no, but, of course. I'm saying right. like there it's are unwarranted. there are climate scientists who have come out and been like it's not the thing to be mad about. Right. It's bad. It's not great, but it's not the thing that like, it's not a thing to necessarily crucify. Not that we're doing that. Not that anyone's doing that, but it's like there are huger fish to fry. What would happen if she showed up to Delta? What would happen? If you were at Hudson News buying a pack of gum and thousands of people fucking descended on the magazine rack because Taylor wanted to pick up a copy of Us Weekly. Which she's want to do. <laughs> you would hate your fucking life. You would say, get on the PJ. I don't, go to Turturro. I don't want this. And even if she were to like buy out a plane, it would be a problem. You know what I mean? Like, there is literally no winning in the situation. I get it. Like, when a celebrity is in a certain place, like, and they're really high, 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 it's the instinct to want to tear them down and find something. This can't really be the thing because mm-hmm. she has to travel and she has to do it in a way that's going to be like sustainable and safe for not just her, but everyone. And you see the fervor and the fandom around her to the point where like, She cannot live a normal life. So how is she supposed to travel in a normal fashion? It just doesn't make any sense. And the reason I say this is because there's all this hullabaloo about is she going to travel back from Tokyo Tokyo. to go to the Super Bowl, which, yeah, she is. Uh She's not going to miss the Super Bowl. I really don't think. She's she's Travis's good luck charm. And someone was like, well, that jet's going to be jetting. And I'm like, yeah, it is because she can't get on a plane like you and I. There's no direct flight from Tokyo to Vegas. Okay? <laughs> Can you imagine? Taylor Swift's in a commercial layover. I mean, yeah. Tokyo to LAX to, to Vegas. Taylor Swift on the LAX to Vegas. You are making me laugh. 
You are making me laugh thinking about Taylor Swift on the LAX to Vegas. I mean, it's funny. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I just think it's so silly. It's just like, wow, we're so excited to get a tweet out there. We're so excited to post a story that we don't even really realize how dumb we sound. Like, if, if she were to show up at the airport, it would be pandemoniosa. For me, it just comes down to, like, I'm going to defer to the experts, and the experts are saying, it's not the thing. Yes, it's there's a footprint, but it's not the giant fucking... Bigfoot album cover. Sorry to bring it up again. It's not like that level. <laughs> yeah. You know? I just think it's just funny the way that people work themselves up and like get so excited yes, to yes, have something yes, to yes. say. And meanwhile, it's like, yeah, but if you use a critical thinking, if you use critical thinking for even two seconds, you can get to this next conclusion. What do you want? Mm, not Matt invoking critical thinking. I'm telling you, I should really be an AP comp again. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Marr would be like, I just think he went to dinner and steak. He went to dinner and steak. This is not, I'm, I'm not calling my sister out because you never do this. You rarely do this. But I'm, what? Red, giant red flag when someone, oh, because Anna Marie does this, mm. calls them, identifies so strongly as a critical thinker in an argument. Oh, yeah. Like, don't say that. You don't have to fucking say that. Well, she's literally not. It's just embarrassing. She's, 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 Full fucking flop. I just flop. actually talked to a medical professional the other day, like an, an actual doctor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, are you up on the Anna Marie stuff on Beverly Hills? And she was like, oh, yeah. It's so humiliating. It's- <laughs> she was like, because the thing with like anesthesiologists and CRNAs, like that, there is real tension there. Sure. She's so attached to this identity. And she's weaponizing it against someone's like actual... Actual medical condition. Actual medical condition. And she's like truly gaslighting Crystal in, in, in a lot of instances and being fucking menacing. I'm just like, girl, lay off. You're not coming back. Well, by the way, we have a very close friend who literally has what Sutton has. And it is a real thing. It's, and it is not diet related. It is not lifestyle related. It yeah. is a thing that is, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, and, and Nicole Martin summed it up in the best way where it's like, to stoop to that level as a medical professional, is so fucking yeah. crazy. Well, by the way, what I hated about Beverly Hills this last episode was Crystal's going for Anna Marie and going for Anna Marie and going for Anna Marie and then, like, nearly dies on a mountain and now she's at her mercy. And it's like, Crystal cannot catch a fucking break. She cannot catch a fucking break because at the end of the day, like, even if she is right about this whole thing, she went and almost died on the mountain. And then now she's like at her mercy, like holding her hand in the car. Like, and Anna Maria gets to look like the hero in this situation. There's there's a kind of (laughs) poetry to it. Well, the the, the valor is not stolen, but it is like misbegotten. That's all. It's just funny. Okay. I have. Some. Are you ready? I do. So, I'm so thrilled because this is Bowen Yang's I Don't Think So Honey. And let me tell you something, his time starts now. I Don't Think So Honey, let's leave Martin Short and Meryl Streep alone and let them enjoy their lives. Let's not probe too much about what it is, what the nature of it is. I think these are two people who, if they are romantically linked, deserve each other. They are two of our great American treasures, and I think we should just let them be. They have both suffered loss, and they have both gone through deep, deep, romantic 
tumult, and I think they should, they deserve each other. 30 seconds. And let's leave them alone. There's a lot of rumors flying. I think we should just let them, if they're fucking, let them fuck. If they're being friends, let them be friends. Mm. We're, we're kind of trying to excavate something a little too aggressively, and I think that's okay. We, we can't 15. blame ourselves for that, but we also have to leave them alone. These are really, really beautiful people. We love their work so much. We have an emotional parasocial connection to them, but we have to leave it alone. We have to let them be them. And that's one minute. You really left them alone there. I know I'm being ironically... I know You I'm, slayed when you left them alone just there. This is the only thing I'll say. I know I'm not leaving them alone by bringing this up, but I'm saying let's let them be. They're so obviously together too. It's so funny because it's like, no, we're just, we just are just very good friends. And it's like, yeah, that's what you say. But that's fine. Let's leave, let's leave it at that. No, I love it. I think that, I say, that is I, confirmation enough. Love it. Love it for them. Whatever it is. Very good friends. Fuck buddies. Fuck buddies. What if they had released a statement that were like, we're fuck we are buddies. not together, but we are fuck buddies. I would say. On Tuesday nights, we watch Vanderpump and we fuck. I would be so happy. Here's the truth. And this is a joint statement. Meryl Streep and Martin Short have been friends for years. During the production of Only Murders Season 3, they decided to become fuck buddies and Vanderpump Rules co-viewers. Co-viewers. Meryl has a huge television, as you can imagine. <laughs> She's an empty nester. The kids are grown. Married. And on the Gilded Age. So, Marty comes over and they have sex in two to three positions for 15 to 20 minutes. They are FWBs and some of the Bs are Vanderpump. They do this before Vanderpump. So they fuck, order Goop Kitchen, <laughs> and they watch Vanderpump Rules. Post-nut clarity, they're watching Vanderpump Rules and having the right takes because they are what? Empty mind shit. They're on their empty mind shit. Because they both they get the fuck. teriyaki bowl Yum. and are excited about Lala Kent's journey this season. Every season. Team Ariana, of course. They're going to see her in Chicago. They're going to see her in Chicago. And guess what? They never liked Sandoval. They were always on the right side. They were always on the right side. They of always called her Rachel. They always dead they named her. <laughs> dead named her. Was this one of the best episodes? This was one of the best episodes. Becca is... Literally wave it. She, went, she just went like this. Becca just went like this. Yes! <laughs> she did it, but she did something else. She's really excited about the quality of this episode. As am I. If you think we weren't being real on this episode, you must be fooling. You're a traitor. You're a traitor. You're a fucking traitor. No, you're, you're a, a fucking, fucking traitor. traitor. You're the biggest fucking traitor, traitor here. Is. No, you're a traitor, bitch. Sandra versus Janelle can at we, that table. Can, can we play this very important cameo that you dug up? Oh my I God! Was lost to the From time. years ago. Okay, so I wanted to congratulate Bowen on getting cast on Saturday Night Live years ago. And at the time, Sandra Diaz Twine was on Cameo Baby. And this is going to be played in lieu of the song this week. Yes. We end every episode with a song, but not this week. Hey, Bowen, it's your girl, Sassy Sandra the Queen, and this shout-out is for you from Matt. He wanted me to put a smile on your face today and brighten up your spirits. Actually, you guys put a smile on my face and brightened up my spirits. <laughs> 
thank you so much for being huge Survivor fans. Ah! And Bowen, thank you for having faith in me, cheering me on, yes. for me every single time that I've played, yes. especially during Winners at War. Oh. You know, it wasn't easy to no. go out there after Can't Island of the Idols. You know, I had spent 36 days already Totem. in Fiji. <laughs> and then my 24-foot totem was still out there for all Target the winners to see. They were not amused. Um, <laughs> my target was already big. You know, like I had the biggest target on my back Absolutely. being that I was the only two-time winner. And then the totem did not Queen. help. But it is what it is. But Bowen, it is what it Matt, is. thank you guys um, for being there for Survivor week after week, season after season, <laughs> year after year. Bowen, I especially want to congratulate you on being a cast member of Saturday Night Live and, of course, for completing your first season. <laughs> and I'm sure your legacy on Saturday Night Live will be like mine on Survivor. I never oh. expected 17 years later to still be a part of the show. <laughs> and that's what I wish for you, that you will be there season after season and year after year so that we can all watch you at work and you guys take care of yourselves okay queen stays queen adios ah, queen adios! Stays queen! <laughs> bye bye there's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly burst it's bursting with fruit flavor no added sugar and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanique, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com.